Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. The river that runs through Switzerland, Germany and Netherlands is the Rhine and it's episode number 209. <laughs> yeah, it's you getting better. You, you can't say this show is not educational, can you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's a familiar voice I hear. Could it be returning from in the distance, David Cowlishaw? Is that you? Hello. Hello, yeah. hello, fans. Um, I've received your petitions. I've got your letters. I'm back. I'm, I made a vow that um, when I sort of sort of resigned, semi-resigned, whatever you want to call it, I said, I'm not coming back until Stoke City win a league game. And lo and behold, <laughs> it's taken about three weeks, but I'm here. I like to think of your appearances on this podcast like... Um, Zach Braff's final appearances in Scrubs in the last series, where he's not—he's not like the main character anymore, but he does do voiceovers every now and again, and he likes to come in for a few episodes and and that type of thing. Yeah. I... Unlike Scrubs, though, this podcast can be funny from time to time. So. <laughs> That's ouch. Paul. At me, at me. <laughs> I've come, I mean, I've come, I've come back he's... feisty. <laughs> I'm gonna say you come back and you're taking taking aim at the Scrubs community. Oh my gosh, uh, Tom Tom Throw is also here with us. Do you have any uh, American sitcoms you want to target? <laughs> no, um, maybe How I Met Your Mother. Like, yep. mm, come on, grow up. Valid. Yeah, you ruined it. Gosh, oh, as if as if I've done that. I'm really sorry, everyone. I I really don't like thinking about how i met your mother or making other people think about how i met your mother i'm really sorry well as an official decree uh, that show is now banned from this podcast <laughs> so there you go that's the type of authority i'm i'm wielding on this podcast now dave there's a lot of drill <laughs> drill tweet energy to the start of this podcast <laughs> Oh goodness! It's been a better week. It's been a better week than it was last week when it was just me and Tony. Uh, because it's we played... Tony. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. I because Tony will genuinely feel a bit bad about that. That's not the case because Tony's lovely and great. But what I was referring to, Dave, is the fact that there have been two Stoke City games, two wins, and two goals this week. So that's that's something, isn't it? We we beat Gillingham in the cup several days ago. And and then yesterday, Preston nil, Stoke City won. There was there was anger at decisions by the referee. There was uh, attempted trick shots from from certain players of ours. We'll get into it all. Um, let me start, Dave. You're back, so we'll start with you. A win is a win, right? That's good. Is it a good result? <laughs> it, it's it's a bloody marvelous result. Both of them are bloody marvelous results because. I just associate those two teams in particular with uh, teams we never beat. And <laughs> sure, we might have beaten them at some point, perhaps in the 1890s. But uh, going back to uh, the late 90s, we we never seemed to beat Gillingham. They famously knocked us out the playoffs once. Um, so even though I've not really thought about them much for the last eight years, uh, it's just nice to uh, to beat them. That's that's for you, Rob Styles. You cheating git. Um, <laughs> delicious uh, goal in that game from uh, Tyrese uh, after Jordan Thompson. Um, you know the Northern Irish man who is good at passing um, <laughs> set him through. That was nice. And yeah, Preston, what a what a bloody three points that is because we never do anything at Deepdale and. 
it's it's just nice. Yes, uh, massively helped out by uh, the ref and uh, Preston's inability to deal with a competent goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a I'm a happy lad. It was. I will happily say that before the game yesterday, I genuinely thought we didn't have any chance of getting a result against Preston, just because um, we we well, we haven't done too well against them in recent years. And I don't know, maybe last week's hangover was still just like e- eking at me a little bit. It, but but I I do think that, and hopefully Tom, you can back my points up here. I, I do feel that the red card change the game somewhat it certainly wasn't going in our favor up until that point and it's a win it's great i'm not going to complain too much but as a performance tom do you think it was a bit meh i don't know i think it's (laughs) it's hard it's hard to 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 pull anything from uh a game that is so drastically changed by a red card um yeah, it was probably a bit mad, but then it wasn't because we had loads of chances and I don't know, can, can anyone remember the last time Stoke City were playing against 10 men and then competently went on to just, you know, win? <laughs> yeah, this is this is Can't a thing with us, really. Um, ever. Um, I don't see us uh, destroying many teams this season. I don't see us... Uh, getting the four goal and five goal um, tallies that we we picked up a few of uh, when Martin O'Neill, uh, Michael O'Neill, sorry, uh, what 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 podcast <laughs> am I on again? Who am I? When Michael O'Neill joined, we 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 did have a few of those uh, four goal tallies to our name, but I don't see us doing that often uh, this season, and particularly when you're against a semi competent championship team, that's. Um, it's it's it would have been nice if we could have uh, filled our boots there, but I I can't see us really sort of uh, steamrolling teams because I think we just we're, we're we're still working things out a bit, and uh, you know we we might have the odd game or so where we really take teams to the sword, but I don't think we're really set up to uh, absolutely bludgeon teams uh, even when when they do go down to ten men, so. Is, yeah. is that is that based on how we are set up to play? Like, is that a is that a a decision put in by by the manager, or is that a we just not found our our, our rhythm to play yet? Question from um, George Shenton on Twitter says three go- goals in six. What do we need to do to score more? Um, it's it's that same question that I saw someone refer to this uh, predict that this season was going to be another binary season. Um, it's weird because at the end end of last season we had some tremendous results with with this same team where we scored lots of goals, um, but it, it certainly doesn't feel like uh, putting them away comes naturally to us. Is that I don't know if you guys feel the same. I, I think it's 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 a bit of a combination of everything. I think this is it's very much a deliberate plan from O'Neill of we're grinding out results in these first few months because that's been our biggest problem going forward. And I mean, he has said that end on end on end in, in, in press conferences and interviews and whatnot. Um, but also I think it's a, uh, yeah, the players are learning the system and learning where they need to be. And I think if you look at the younger players, 
you look at Tymon and Oakley Booth, especially in those two midfield positions and how much they like bomb into the into the wide spaces to to sort of create an overload. I've noticed that Klukas and Powell don't really do that. And I don't think it's because they they don't want to do that or they've not been told to do that. It's probably because they are senior footballers who are a bit more used to playing a traditional centre midfield role and have to stick in. And that's that's not the reason we're not creating goals. That's just an example of the players are getting used to the system. And I think it's really comforting to see a manager sticking to the system and working through the flaws rather than doing the Gary Rower of sticking to the system and ignoring the flaws and know how dare you criticise me. Oh my God, shut up. Or the Nathan Jones. Oh no, they don't like my diamond. Oh no. Uh, uh, here's, here's a, here's a, here's a five, four, one. Uh, love me, please love me. Uh, O'Neill's gone. Right. This is what we're doing. This is how we're going to go. At the start of the season, we have other formations. We aren't wedded to this, but we need to make sure that we can get the most out of this and give it a go. We're not just going to chop and change because we lost 2-0 to Bristol City or we didn't play so well against Millwall or Preston and I know we won. He's sitting on the system and going, we will learn it, we will do better and then we'll score more goals. Yeah, I think uh, Tom's exactly right. He's 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 shown... Uh, a kind of loyalty to his his league system, if you like, where he's we've played the uh, three at the back, and uh, obviously when you lose at home to Bristol City two 0 without really creating, you are going to get pilloried for that. But at the same time, that system did probably suit away at Preston. Now you can argue it did didn't really work up until uh, the sending off changed the dynamics of the game. But he he at least with that result in the bag now, they can gain some confidence from it and sort of feel a bit more comfortable uh, in that system. And what has been nice as well is um, he's been able to uh, reward uh, performances from players who've played well in the League Cup. Harry Souter came in uh, and he was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, and, it's also really nice just to have some young players in there, like starting Oakley Booth and Soutar is quite ballsy for uh, you know considering we hadn't won a league game yet so um there's a lot to like and i think there's just there's just going to be some fine tuning to it rather than if we lose uh, next weekend like rip it all up and start again maybe just needs a little bit more sort of uh tinkering with like pro- probably like left wing back position in particular but yeah yeah no i i completely agree and and on that on that note on the uh, on rewarding players yeah as you mentioned Harry Souter came in and I thought in terms of a league de- uh, league debut um I thought he had a had a great game I thought Oakley Booth um he grew into the game a lot more mm. and certainly seemed to I don't know if it was nerves or anything at the start but it was he was getting hurried about a bit at the start but he certainly made his presence more known later on in the game yeah it's there, there, there is a there is a few questions on our on our centre backs. Um, uh, Louis Towns and uh, Townsend, sorry, says who are our starting centre backs going forward? Um, and <laughs> Dom on Twitter says, "Is Harry Souter the largest man you've ever seen?" <laughs> Harry Harry Souter is um, nine feet and has a magnificent forehead. It's it, it's like a flat screen TV. His his head. It's just. <laughs> Mass, it's huge and square, and I, I okay, look, head. 
4K head. He, yes, um, <laughs> you could you could screen a film on his head, and <laughs> it, it's he's magnificent. Yeah, um, I think Suitor definitely has to be um, in in everyone's starting eleven from from now on, really, because I, I really liked uh, his debut, and he's I really wanted him to be involved this season because he played really really well by all accounts, at Fleetwood last season. And I, I worried, like, are, are we just going to have one of those young prospects who maybe gets a few minutes every now and again, but then we end up never seeing them again. So I'm really pleased he's come in and definitely sort of a really commanding uh, debut from it. And a little bit of Abdullahi skill where he turned a charging attacker. As for the other two centre-backs, if we are going to play this system... I feel like I'm out on my own with this take, but I don't mind James Chester at all. I think he looks often the most guilty when a goal goes in and that uh, <laughs> plays against him. Um, but I, I do quite like him as a um, as a sort of semi-decent um, passer of the ball and uh, help, helping us play out from the back. And then we've got Bruno as well. Uh, guys, is Liam Lindsay? Does he still exist? Is that, is that a thing that? Because <laughs> I, I mean, I've not been on the pods as much, but I, I forget all the players we have. <laughs> We've got Bart as well. Mm-hmm. Nathan Collins hasn't, hasn't done anything really that wrong. Um, Bruno, Chester, Suter for me. Tom, any any changes to that back three for you? Um... Not right now. I think it was probably, um, I felt it was a bit harsh for um, Collins to miss out over Chester um, because I think Chester's looked a bit shaky and I I don't know, he's not as comfortable on the ball as I want him to be. And I think that's probably a confidence thing because he clearly can do the the ball playing centre-back role, but at times he's just looked a bit hesitant to carry it forward, which is where I think is really important with those two wide centre-backs that they aren't just playing passes forwards. They also have to be willing to sort of drift forwards and help the attack. But he definitely did that against Preston. Um, and I think, I, I think I'm much happier with Fox in that left centre-back role than I am with ah, him at left course, wing back. Of course. He yeah. seemed to, he seemed to be, uh, he seems to be a very composed player, but there was times, especially against Bristol where he'd pick the ball up in a wing backy position where he needed to to charge forward and push some space, uh, and he's just it, he's probably got the fullbackness of it being hardwired into him that he needs to play it safe before he does something like that. Mm. I mean, James Chester is quite a, a small man, so perhaps he needs a giant alongside him to <laughs> sort of make him make him feel safe and secure. Um, but you know, we're definitely not short of options there. Just just keep. Just throwing names at a dartboard and hoping we grind out a one-nil win. <laughs> yeah, it's throwing, only... sorry, sorry, throwing names at a dartboard. That's that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's how darts work. <laughs> that's not how you play darts or pick a football team. <laughs> it's yeah, the, the team is slowly but surely making its way. Um, <laughs> getting it, I don't know. It's it's it's. I I don't even know what our best starting eleven is um, at the at the moment. Um, well, yeah. What about you? Do you have a preferred start in eleven? I think Adam Davis is a definite for everyone. I think, like, I, I, I just 
I feel that Jack Butland isn't going anywhere. Like no one is interested and he's going to come and pick him up. But I just don't think that we're going to see him again. Like it's just, it's Adam Davis in the league, at least all the way now, surely. Um, What about a midfield? Like what's your midfield? If we're playing this system, what's your midfield look like? John Obi Mikel, he's someone who has, I don't know. I don't know if he's divided opinions or not because he got an assist yesterday. But before that, I was seeing a lot of chatter of people saying he was it was awful and giving the ball away. So, yeah, I, I think he, uh, Mikel needs time to get up to pace, um, and I think he will. And I think once he does do that, we'll we'll see what a truly quality player he is. Um, I'm completely lost on the midfield, to be honest, uh, <laughs> because uh, the three midfielders we had yesterday seemed to be everywhere and nowhere at the same time uh, before the sending off. And we, we got kind of overrun. Now, obviously, Preston have a very specific structure and Ben Pearson snapping at your heels, being a little shithouse, is going to throw you off your game. But Klukas was poor uh, for quite a long stretch of the game. I thought nearly passed it straight into the path of a Preston forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not been great this season. Uh, just yet, but but we know from last season how good a player he can be. Um, I think Thompson is got to be my agenda for this season. I think he definitely deserves a shout of of starting based on uh, how he's played in war the cup poetry. games and and his war poetry, of course. Um, it, it, I I just don't know what the answer is right now. Um, it was great to see Oakley Booth start, but like you say, not the most in- impressive uh, performance, but a fine one in the end. Um, I-, I like having Powell in there. Pa- yeah, I think Powell's kind of got to be in there. And then, I mean, Klukas and Thompson for the time being play Mikel in the cup to try and boost his fitness. I don't know. I think um, it, it, it's quite telling and it's a good thing, but none of us have realised it's a good thing yet. So my first point is um, with three league games into the season, we don't need to start a settled starting 11 right now. It's fine. It's okay that we don't know what our best starting 11 is. And the reason it's okay is because of my second point, which is we finally, for probably the first time since we were last in the championship and I'd even go as far as to say as last time we were in the championship before the promotion season, we have a squad of 20-ish players who will all have a chance to play in the, in the starting 11 and, and, and uh, are competing for starting roles. So I live with a Villa fan um, and obviously we're playing them on Thursday uh, and, and he was talking about how they will be playing a B team. They will be sending out kids they'll be playing El Mahamadi at centre-back it'll be yes. fun and and then he asked are you going to rest loads of people and I just suddenly realised I don't know <laughs> what resting <laughs> is like, I, I, I don't I, do we have a weakened team no because everyone's probably about as good as each other yeah which is nice because it almost I think that's what we've seen in the cups is you've seen and and and, and uh, Sutar and uh, Oakley Booth coming in for the for the Preston game is a sign of this. That O'Neill is serious about look, you you have a chance to get into the mm. first team. Young players, players who aren't in the first team, 
and they are going right fuck it yeah i'm going to show you what what i'm all about and and long may it continue <laughs> we, uh, we, d- we don't have a squad so much as a irresponsible mass gathering like if, <laughs> if someone walked by our training ground they think hang on there's some kind of rave happening here there's way too many way too many people so Liam- the rule of six is just the transfer team's idea on center backs like you can have six <laughs> more than six too many get rid of some it, it does lead to a you make a good point how the fact that every player is pretty much gonna gonna get a chance and so um perhaps this next question is slightly redundant because all of them will, will get a chance but uh kyle on twitter has asked who is tyrese's best strike partner i'll extend that further to what is our best upfront partnership at the moment i thought that fletcher and gregory seemed to work yeah, I I agree. I I oh god, I really like Stephen Fletcher. <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, 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 no. I think you all mean Steve McSauce. Mm. Jeez. <laughs> Count, uh, right, sorry. Yes, I know. There's a point. You know, <laughs> people might want to hear our thoughts on the strike partnership. But what the what, the, what was that? <laughs> After, if, the, 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 a Stoke player hasn't done that in four years in ever. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I think you, I think right, me, I think some of us had, had to message our dads and tell tell them what a Rabona meant. I don't think they'd heard it before. <laughs> Are you that's rude? <laughs> right. Question. He, question flick, for as you. The official account called it. If if Stoke had gone on to draw or lose that game, would you be annoyed that he did not go for the simple tucking it away? <laughs> Schrodinger's Rabona, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We won. Who I cares? Would... Football's all about entertainment and I, well, always did, will be. What I did enjoy is our, our friends over at Not The Top 20 podcast, you tweeting them, t- uh, Tom, to say, you won't believe what Stephen Fletcher's just done. And then they're later on with the highlight going, yeah, Tom Tom tweeted us and we didn't, be- we didn't believe it would be this. And now look at this. <laughs> it was I wish it had gone in. It oh, it would be move. the greatest goal of all time. Sorry, Charlie Adams. Sorry, Peter Crouch. That that would have been Sorry, Jordan Shakiri. God, it's yes. like the Euro Euro twenty sixteen goal of the competition again. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, should um should, should he have tucked it away? No. You know what? Because we'll be talking about that that missed chance. Um, for the whole season, we we will not have remembered the goal at all had he just simply buried it like a sort of normal striker. <laughs> it's um, true. I, I'm I'm just enjoying. You know, you go down to the championship, you lose you lose flair. I'm just enjoying a man kicking the ball where his legs look a bit funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like getting a a, 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 spi- a really unorthodox spin bowler in a game of county <laughs> cricket between like sixty year old blokes. This guy comes in and spins it. It's like what? You can't do that. That's not normal. <laughs> Are they? Uh, is is Greggy and Fletcher good then, or do we? Again, I, Fletcher's I did, good. Fletcher's good. Greggy, yeah, I think Fletcher. Fletcher keeps his his, pay, his place, but I think that again, r- rotating players around, it doesn't hurt to have like Brown come in or Campbell to come in. Mm. I don't know where it. I don't. I mean, I don't know where Sam Vokes goes now because uh, Derby, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Vokes has a place in the squad really because. Gregory and Fletcher can both 
do a little bit of the big target man, oh, look at me, you can't push me over stuff. Uh, but they can also do the the running and the back heels and the boners and the. I think this yeah. is just Fletcher. No, I no, mean, no uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean if, if, if Lee Gregory, <laughs> Lee Gregory, do a Rabona, and then that's it. That's the season made. <laughs> when I mean, when I... crowds come back in, I'm putting that on a banner. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Gregory, do a Rabona. I just want to see if he if I think you'll have to stand and stock still and think about it before he does it i don't i don't I, think he's ever done one all of I, do, his foot. I do really I, I mean i really like lee gregory but my my gosh there are some times where it, it's like i'm sure that was easier to just pop that away than what you've done there mate but <laughs> i really i do re- i do really like him and it is funny that i think a few weeks ago we were saying that he was probably bottom of the list in terms of well he's probably going to be moved on and um, when we were like guessing what we thought the manager thought of these players, how funny a few weeks <laughs> changes all that, and now it's Sam Vokes who's not the not the flavour of the the month, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think a rotated option of of strikers is is always always a good thing. Uh... It, it's it's going to be tough, isn't it, to kind of uh, keep every member of the squad happy? Because yeah, I, I know particularly someone like Tyrese Campbell who's. Uh, you know, dad in particular might um, object if he's on the bench for too many games. But the the only way you keep a massive squad relatively happy with rotation is by winning, and mm-hmm. then then no one can really complain. Uh, I think uh, Josh Timon is well overdue for a for a run of games at, in that left wing back role. Um, makes such a difference having his. Pace and just is more, he's so much more suited to it than McLean. I mean, God knows I, I love Jimmy, but um, he needs to be on the left of a midfield in some description, not not left wing back because uh, he tries to defend, doesn't he? Bless him, but um, I just don't think he likes it very much. And I want him to be happy, so uh, yeah, get get Josh in. Um, it's away from the team, then the, the moment of controversy in the game. The, the red card, Neil, uh, no, not Neil Lennon, he, not Neil Lennon <laughs> at all. We we did not play, no, no, Alex Neil. Alex uh, Neil. Alex Neil accused Martin us. Martin O'Neill, of... Alex Neil, Michael O'Neill, Neil. <laughs> Neil. Neil. Neil <laughs> yeah, you can see why I got confused. Uh, Alex Neil uh, described us as using the, uh, the dark arts. Um, I mean, What's that about? What did we think? Was it a red card or not? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> unlucky because he slipped. But because you slipped doesn't excuse the fact that you went into a challenge with no feet on the ground, and therefore it's a reckless challenge as far as the rules of the game go. So is a red card. Yes. Um, I, 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 I mean, I'm being slightly churlish, but. It was literally a red card because the ref gave a red card. Hey. Move on, Preston. <laughs> Piss off. Go go back to your large bus station. Go back to your first KFC in England. Go That's back to unique economic model. Yeah. Go back to those offices <laughs> I worked at for for a short period of time. Go back to your local lockdown. Go back to your um, Fishergate shopping centre. Go back to Deepdale and just take the red card and suck it because. <laughs> You 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 weren't lying when you said you, when you said you were coming with with <laughs> extra vitriol and spice, Dave. You weren't kidding, were you? We we let we let them 
have those first 25 minutes. But if, you, if you're going to be violent, then we're just not going to be nice anymore. <laughs> and, you know what? And you know what really, you know what we did that really stung them? We said, you know, we, we could score six or seven, but you're going to have the humiliation of the only goal of the game being from Lee Gregory. Okay. <laughs> you saw Sam Klukas go through on goal and he thought, nah, it's funnier if it's just Greggy. <laughs> <laughs> the shame of it. <laughs> oh man. Um, I know we're, we're pushed for time a little bit here. Um, very, I, I'd like to give this topic a bit more time, but we'll, we'll try and, and we've got eight minutes, point. Chris. We got, got eight. Uh, yes. in four seconds, according to the, the countdown, um, <laughs> Colin Murray and the, and the people on quest had a really interesting conversation on the highlights about, uh, the state of football now with, um, with the locked new lockdown measures and how, it's worrying how we're seeing uh, clubs financially falling apart because of a lack of fans going in. Um, I kind of just wanted to pick your brains a little bit, albeit quite quickly now, um, in terms of, do you, do you feel that it's it's ridiculous that fans are not being allowed into games, even at a reduced capacity? What could be done to, to save our, our league pyramid? Because we're seeing clubs already now, struggling financially i mean port vale put out a a thing about how how they're tr- what struggling a little bit and i don't know it's it's breaking quite... news from port vale <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's quite it, it's quite sad that the, the one thing you don't want to see is that this virus destroy the the, the football system as we know it um I, what do we think is there is is this it for the english game <laughs> I think it's bad news for the English game. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, sorry, sorry for, you know, just doing jokes and things. But yes, it is, it is really, really, uh, it is really, really serious. And um, it's it's kind of, it's a fault of two things. It's, it's the fault of kind of the English um, kind of, we're so obsessed with football in this country that there are, there are literally too many professional football clubs <laughs> for an island so small. I mean, it, you, you look at bigger countries, even football mad countries like France and Germany, there's no way this uh, level of professionalism uh, down the, down the leagues. And it, that, that you, you can't have 92 fully functional operating businesses. But the second thing it's a, it's a fault of is um, basic capitalism, because mm-hmm. the minute you um, sort of pull the plug and, you know, are forced to change the way businesses like football clubs work businesses that are you know centers of communities then it's a hell of a lot harder to uh to cope to cope with now in terms of the solution um i think uh, tom might be a better place to uh throw some suggestions out there than me but there needs to be uh, a lot more done in terms of scrutiny of owners and where they come from and not only in terms of can they financially support a club do they have the best interests of the club at heart and there needs to be more um the fans need to be more involved in how clubs are run because it's there's so many really really sad examples Bury, um uh oldham uh bolton uh macclesfield um clubs even clubs like Vale will really really struggle with the situation but um yeah Tom I'll, I'll let you come in on this yeah I think I think what we've uh, what it's definitely clear that the solution shouldn't be is what we're seeing floated at the minute um and this will get soapboxy 
Um, but at the minute, what we're basically seeing floated is it is a footballing equivalent of austerity of we have all of the money at the top. You have very little at the bottom. So we're going to give it to you, but there's going to be very stringent measures on that. And you're going to have to do everything we tell you to do. And I don't, I don't, um, there is some really terrible spending and nearly every club in league one and league two are not sustainable and they don't act in sustainable ways. And I'm not saying this to excuse it, but it's a bit sickening to see, Premier League clubs who are where they are because of the whole the reason the Premier League is attractive yes okay because some of the best footballers are in the world are in it and there's mega big teams and all that kind of stuff but a significant part of that is relegation and having such a rich uh, narrative filled football league with so many teams is part of that so so the Premier League can't side that off and it's so disgusting to see them suggest that um, the, the, the people who are spending like 40 million on Sebastian Haller should be telling people <laughs> at the bottom of the league that they need to act sustainably. It's bloody ridiculous. Mm. I mean, when you look at some of the some of the spending in the Premier League and then for them to suggest um, that, 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 that clubs at the bottom are actually the ones who've got themselves in this mess. It, and it is preposterous, pre, sorry, preposterous because... Y- like Man City, the richest club in the world, were in that situation. Like in the nineties, there's there's so many Premier League clubs who are you know enjoying being at the top right now. But a few years ago, w- will have been in very very similar situations. And it's it's not about oh Man City should give X amount to X club, Man United should give X amount X amount to X club. It's it either trickles down or it doesn't. And right now that money is not trickling down at all. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a fundamental problem with um, how, how the structures of football operate. There needs to be better regulation for it. And uh, there needs to be better uh, scrutiny of owners as well. Yep. Yeah, I think very, very eloquently put and not too anti-capitalist that we wouldn't be allowed to be taught in a classroom thanks to the government's new uh, rules on uh, biased materials in classrooms so well done I, there gents i <laughs> wait, wait wait sorry what what what's this <laughs> oh no i'm in trouble i'm in trouble that's... oh, <laughs> oh well, what a shit day comrades what a shit day <laughs> <laughs> well with two minutes left on the zoom clock i will say have, is there any other business any other things you want to quickly discuss or if not, I will say, Tom, how can people talk to you if they want to talk to you? Uh, if you shout out of your nearest window, <laughs> I might hear it. Uh, or you can tweet me. Oof, don't do that. Uh, at Sussex <laughs> Stokey, if you want to see a Stoke City badge with James McLean uh, with a halo on it and, and maybe a hammer and sickle. Who knows? Who knows? You never know what you will find. Dave, if people want to see you, and talk to you what should they do <laughs> um see me after school um hey. at the gates and beat me up no um you can I, I to be honest i've forgotten what my twitter username is because i know i changed it to i think david cowlishaw without the uh vowels in it but uh, in anyway don't do that um what you should do is listen to my podcast the lesson which chris has appeared on and tom uh, should be appearing on soon when i can be bothered to uh, to sort that out um yes um interesting people talking about things they like and that's basically the podcast so yes get get your ear holes around that it is it is very 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 good i can wholeheartedly say that well with the 
clock counting us down on our last minute, like the crystal maze, the sands of time are, are going against us here. Um, I will say thank you, Dave, and thank you, Tom. Dave, come back again sometime. It's been lovely to chat to you. Next um, league win. Next league win. Okay. <laughs> uh, and to the rest of you, have a great week. And as always, go on Stoke. Thank you for listening to the Wizards of Dribble podcast. If you like what you hear and have not done so already, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Acast, or wherever you got your podcast from. Like us a lot? Then please tell your friends and family about us, or even leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help the podcast grow. You can follow the pod at Wizards of Drivel on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash Wizards of Drivel, and subscribe for all extra podcasts at patreon.com. Thanks once again for listening. Go on, Stoke.